Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We're joined by forensic psychologist, Dr. Alan M. Tepper. He conducts psychological assessments in civil malpractice and criminal cases as an expert witness. He renders in-court testimony on state and federal matters. Dr. Tepper, good morning. Good morning, sir. Very nice. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, you know, I have been wondering as as I've watched um, the nature of of crime and, and how people are going about committing crime as if they don't care if, if they've been caught, um, if, if they are going to be caught. And, and I'm wondering what what is happening with the mindset of criminals um, today? What What's going on? Is, is something different than than what we saw in previous years? Well, it's certainly the million dollar question, and I wish I had the answer. But uh, when you all called me and asked me to be on, I had been thinking about this. So I can I can give you a few ideas, not just my personal ideas, but I know you want it from experience, even though. You know, we don't have uh, a lot of, as they say, research per se. Mm -hmm. But let me throw this out to you. I was thinking about it, you know, over the weekend, getting ready for today. So I I kind of see it in three broad areas. I don't want to get too wordy. But the first I would call uh, psychological, which would be a little more individual in nature. Obviously, everybody is different. But what I'm getting at is the idea that we have... um, Regardless of our differences, we have a certain, everybody has a certain kind of a, a moral value or mores um, as terms of their individual functioning. And then if we move out a little broader, I would call it a psych, a, I'm sorry, a sociological perspective, mm-hmm. kind of the larger group. And, and I think what you're getting at here is that, unfortunately, in this country, as well as others, there's there's always been a disparity in terms of class and wealth and there's you know how do we ever resolve that but i think that especially i was thinking after the pandemic where now you can look online you can listen to your show you can read the the new york times and uh, yes things are are getting better but for a lot of people unfortunately they they still may not be they may not even see any difference if not things being worse. And then the third broad area, I kind of think about this with a little bit of my background, is I'm going to call cultural in nature. And and that's a little hard to define, but I think that as a culture and working together, um, you know, psychologists use the word uh, repression, where you, where you damp things down. And often with repression, it has a a negative connotation. Oh, if you're so repressed, you won't be joyful. You won't be able to uh, really fulfill yourself. And that can be true. But but the thing is, with a lot of these psychological principles, such as repression, sometimes there's there's a need for it that we can't merely just always literally do what we want or act out in the way that we want. So I think those three factors, it doesn't explain some of the either increase in crime, or if not an increase, the more kind of outrageous uh, type of things we're seeing. But I think if we look at in those three broad areas, maybe we get, we don't get an answer, but maybe we get a little bit of a perspective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the things that, that I've seen people do, um, they don't seem to care if 
they have to suffer a consequence for doing it. That seems different, right? Uh, whereas you would have people do things and, and they actually were trying to get away with it. They were trying to do it and then not have to suffer the consequence. The difference I see is people doing stuff and not caring about the consequence. For instance, uh, we had a shooting that took place on a platform on our um, public transportation system where the cops were on the same platform and the guy shot anyway. Uh, we had a guy kick out a window. This was national news. Kick out a woman's window. She's doing Uber Eats and she's got her kids in the back. Well, there's a police car about 50 yards away. Um, guy didn't care. You know, got off his motorcycle, kicked out the back window, did it anyway. You know, it, it there seems to be an apathy as to whether or not there will be a consequence, which makes me wonder, like, you know, are, do people care about their own well-being? Yeah, well, I, I exactly. So, you know, given the work I've been doing for a bunch of years, uh, as you mentioned nicely, I'm a forensic psychologist. I also happen to be an attorney. So I, I spend a lot of time in the legal system and have specialized in the criminal area. Uh, so over the years, and even now, I, I will see people or evaluate people or represent people where it, it, it's sort of a little bit obvious that they might get caught or sometimes in what we'll call an unconscious way, they almost were trying to get caught because they do better, unfortunately, in jail than, mm -hmm. than out on the street. But but you're talking about, and I understand what you're bringing up, you know, something different. And, and that's where... And I, I struggle with trying to explain it, but that's where I see, uh, to me, uh, what I'm calling this bit of a of a cultural change. It, it filters down to the individual, but whatever that um, need is, whatever that rage is, whatever that anger is, whatever that idea that, yeah, even if I didn't think of it, it's pretty obvious if there's a police officer 20 feet away, mm -hmm. I'm going to get caught. It's kind of like... You know, it sounds very simplistic, but it's a, it's a way of showing the world that they're alive, even if it has unfortunate consequences for any victim. And mm -hmm. maybe what you're bringing up, apparent negative consequences immediately for the person. So, yeah, I, I, I think we're seeing some of that. It's not, you know, I don't want to make it a political thing and it's not, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. But this overall kind of, you know, cultural context that somehow I can, you know, I just have to show I'm either allowed to do it or show the world I'm alive. It, it is, I, I agree with you, and in many of these cases, a bit different from what I've seen for many, many years. I mean, I, I will evaluate people, and, and not to be a wise guy, I'll ask them sort of straight up, like, did you want to get caught. Mm -hmm. and I got I to tell you some, and everybody I ask that, they look at me like, yo, Doc, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. You think I'm crazy. You're crazy. Mm -hmm. And yet, when I look at it, it's like, you kind of wanted to get caught because it's so hard there out in the world. Yeah. But but this is, you're right, this is different. And, um, and I just think that those, potentially those three levels of constraints have just either gotten loosened, have gotten changed, or something going on that that person, I don't know, has such a overwhelming need, fear, whatever it is that when when we look at it, when you bring up those examples, it's like, you know, how could anyone do it? Hey, if you're going to do a crime, at least try to get away with it. Yeah. And this, this is just something more than I'm going to do this 
sometimes it, it, such a violent act to let the world know I'm alive. Hmm. You know, uh, when, when you say that, it, it kind of reminds me of children, right? So children want their parents' attention. And if that attention is negative, well, you know, I'll take it because at least it's attention. At least my parent knows that I'm here. I mean, is it the same kind of dynamic what you're talking about? You're you're an insightful guy. Mm. Yes. I mean, I, I really think it's very similar. And, you know, the with this idea of uh, uh, modeling for our children, if you have children, modeling for your children, teaching your children, mm. you know, part of it is there absolutely is an expectation. I don't want to give a cutoff age, but, you know, because it probably never ends, but absolutely younger kids where the whole idea uh, of the parenting is to um, expect that, you know, not that they're going to be bad kids, but you're right. Expect that they're going to act out, expect that they want to fulfill their own needs, and then how you as the parent decide that, no, you know, you're not getting the candy now. No, you're not getting the toy now. And then hopefully the child, you know, what we call is, uh, you know, integrating that uh, internally. Um, and yeah, so it's that type of thing. So then if you if you take that out and there's no age cutoff, because unfortunately we're seeing it with, with the high school kids. But if you take that out now, past six years old, 10, 20, 30 years, mm. and you just are living in a sense that you feel that not only your parents, but nobody else understands or knows you're alive, you can have these incredibly violent outbursts. You know, I, I wonder about social media as well, um, because people do all manner of things to be noticed on on social media, up to and including criminal acts um, for likes, you know, for, for people to uh, for more followers. Right. For for yeah. for more attention. Does that play a role in in some of what we're seeing? Well, I believe it does. Like I'm saying, I'm trying to give you, of course, a a professional outlook rather than personal, but from a little bit more of a, of, of a professional statement, you know, my line is the internet is the best thing and the internet is the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm the first one to say that, but I think that, uh, you know, years ago, a number of years ago when the internet started, especially in the psych- psychology community, and I, I think this is still true, there was an idea that, hey, you know, people that are socially isolated, people that might be, as we call, on the autism spectrum, people that may have developmental issues, this is a good way to begin to come out of your shell to connect. And I do believe that's true, and I do believe that's a good thing. However, when I bring in what I mentioned to you about this, what I see is some cultural changes, Mm -hmm. I think that then, uh, and especially uh, they use that, people use the term echo chamber, if you're only listening to your you know, own believers, so to speak, mm. I think that um, then you can get this very unbridled kind of input. And what you mentioned, absolutely, that this is a way now for the world to know I'm alive. Now, of course, there's millions of things on the Internet every day, where even if we disagree with them, where people are not going out and doing these horrible, horrible acts. And yeah. obviously, that's a good thing. But yes, I, I, I think that it's, it, 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 I don't know if we have great research, like a number of acts and things that were done pre-internet versus post, but 
I, I don't think this is merely, you know, the pundits making this stuff up. I think it, it's absolutely, it, it just goes back to, you know, sort of the self-restraint, not in a bad way, the individual morals and values. And then even if I'm upset and angry and I, I can't believe that person is doing so much better than me, kind of how do we do with it rather than just acting out as you're pointing out and in, in just almost incomprehensible ways. What, what's the solution, Dr. Tepper? We got about a minute. I, I hate to give you about a minute for the solution, but what's the That's, solution? I think the solution is, you know, it is in part what you're doing right today, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, we're not going to just uh, ban this. We're not just going to ban that. But to just try to have more of a acceptance, yeah, this is how it is, and yeah, there's social media, and yeah, there's First Amendment. But on the other hand, balancing this and realizing that um, that there has to still be, in a good way, not a bad way, constraints, whether it's uh, personal or social media or overall. All right. Well, that is forensic psychologist, Dr. Alan Tepper. He conducts psychological assessments in civil malpractice and criminal cases. As an expert witness, he renders in-court testimony in state and federal matters. Dr. Tepper, thanks so much for joining us this morning on WUR. Thank you, sir. It was my extreme pleasure. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 